So I got a question that I, is hopefully get us uh, thinking about something that I, I feel like this question could actually um, cause something inside of us to stir a little bit. And, and I'm going to break down, there's some correct answers and incorrect answers to the question. So I want you to just think about it first. I don't want you to answer straight up out loud because I know once I say that there's incorrect answers, you're immediately going to say, I don't want to give the wrong answer, right? So here's the, here's the question. Is your life worthy of the king? Is your life worthy of the king? So to, to even answer that question, we need to follow, we need to get into some um, schematics, if you will, of royalty. Uh, who's qualified to be in the presence of royalty? Maybe that's another way to spin that question. Who is qualified to be in the presence of royalty? That's, that I, I'd, like a, I'd like an answer. They, thank you. Steve, that's perfect. Right on. Spot on. He said, other royalty, other royals, if you will, other noblemen, people of royalty can be in the presence of royalty without any question because that's, that's how the rules go, if you, if you will. And, and when, we, when we understand that, what that means is, is, is there's, there's this understanding that as Esther, and if you haven't seen the movie in the, what's it called? In the presence of the king? One night with the king. Thank you. One night with the king. Um, if you like to watch movies instead of read your Bible, watch that movie. It's a good one. There's some others out there I could recommend too. But this one's a really good one, and it tells the story of Esther who actually gets into the presence of a king who was actually going to, to uh, uh, annihilate all of the Jews. And so, so she had a plan, and she was actually the queen. But still, she needed to be... She needed to be uh, approved by the king to be in his presence. And, and that approval had to deal with his scepter being lifted, I believe. And that's how she was able to be in his presence without basically being executed. Um, and so there's this, this understanding that we have a hard time as Americans to really grasp and get a hold of this idea of royalty, monarchy, of, of a, a ruler. Because so many times we have these... We have the, a stigma to that, that it doesn't go well with our minds. It doesn't, doesn't fit well in our understanding because we have these understandings of dictators and, and awful rulers and kings that are bad, you know, and kings that, that, uh, that dominate and kings that do things that, to their people that aren't good. Understand, though, that that's not how God intended it. You know, as, as we even get into what kings do and, how, and the kingdom... The Bible's full of that word, that language. He says, Jesus said it many times over. The kingdom of God is at hand. So Jesus is referring to a king in the midst of a kingdom that is actually good and actually pleasant and actually healthy. So if we could try to get our brains into that mode, it's really challenging for America because we are democratized. And, and you guys have heard me speak on that before in the past and my views and thoughts and understanding. But I believe that there's something so real and so tangible to understanding this idea of monarchy and a, a king coming into the room, royalty coming into our presence and what that demands and what that actually requires of us to how we respond to that and how we actually 
come into that same presence of royalty? And I think it's really a good question by when we ask it, are you qualified? Are you worthy to be in the presence of royalty? Just thoughts, if you have one. What would be your first answer? If you could just like, and I promise I won't, you won't be wrong. Well, I can't promise that. But what's your first response to are you qualified to be in the presence of royalty? A lot of us would say no, right. Right. And, 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 and some of us would have an understanding. We'd have to process that for a second and say, well, well yes. Yes. And then we come up with the right answer. And I think there's, there's really only one right answer to that question. I'll give it to you. You also are, are royalty. You also are royalty, so you are qualified to be in the presence of royalty. You are royalty by virtue of birth. That, that's what he means when he said you must be born again. You must be born again. So by virtue of birth, you are qualified and therefore worthy to be in the presence of royalty. Did you know that? That's a truth. Hello? You guys with me? Wow, I just heard something absolutely mind-blowing. Just, I just heard it somewhere back there. I am qualified to be in the presence of a king. Not just any king, though. The king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. I am worthy to be in his presence. Now, of course, there's a really, really wrong answer. And I'm going to give it to you so, so you can check yourself if you went there for just a moment. And quickly repent. The really, really wrong answer is, yeah. I'm somebody. I am somebody. In fact, he ought to be glad to be in my presence. You know, that's the most wrong you could get. Because there you will be put in your place. Because when we start to evaluate and, if you will, assess, judge my worth and my value based on my merits and by my doings and my works and by my human birth, you're going to fall far short, every single one of us. So much so that if we even go there, it's, it's the place that I believe that the Bible says to guard mostly against, and it's the pride of our hearts. The pride of our hearts is a place that we must guard mostly against. The sin of the world is, is, is yes, it's out there, and we must Pay attention to what's going on that we don't get sucked up and swallowed up and swept down the river of it. But the pride of our heart is the place that we have to guard mostly. Because that's the place that the enemy loves to wreak havoc. To do the most damage is to puff you up. And if he could do that religiously, oh, he's done the best work ever. Because... Religious pride not only puffs you up, but it puts others down. And when we go there, God is extremely displeased. 
And God doesn't take it lightly. And God doesn't just leave it alone. God will bring us low if we try to. In fact, you, you know the only way to get off of a high horse? You guys heard the statement, right? How do you get off of a high horse? You get knocked off, right? Yeah, you don't climb off of a nice little ladder. No, the only way to get off of a high horse is to get knocked off. And God does knock people off their high horses, including me. So let's, let's talk about this. You guys ready? You guys all set up? Mm-hmm. I just, I, I continue to ask the Holy Spirit to speak as he wants me to speak. I got some good notes, and, but um, as the Lord leads, so let's go for it. Colossians chapter, chapter 1, starting in verse 9. <laughs> That's not correct, is it, Michael? Oh, I, I, put, I put 9 to 4. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I don't know how that works but Michael got it right (laughs) Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 through 12 says and so from the day we heard that that from the day that we have heard we have not ceased to pray for you asking that the Lord may that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So I like that word because it gets my attention right away. It's like he's basically describing this, this manner in which we can walk and, and are empowered to walk that is worthy of the Lord. I, I've got, it's got my attention. And here's what it looks like. Fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience, with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's awesome, because it's, it's given us this breakdown of what that looks like, what a, a worthiness or a qualified person looks like. What is the evidence, here I'll, I'll, I'll ask it this way, what is the evidence or the proof of identity that you are royalty? Hello? Maybe that didn't come out exactly as I wrote it down, but... There is evidence or proof of identity that you are royalty. Everywhere we go now, we have to have at least two forms of ID, it seems like, to get if if we're going to travel, if we're going to do anything, we need to have evidence of who we are. So this is describing to me, as I read this and and, uh, really break break this open, it's describing what this evidence is and what the... My proof of identity is that I am royalty and that you are royalty. So here, here it is. I got four different points here that I'd like to talk about. Some of them will be a little more lengthy than others. But <clears throat> the first one is this. is Royalty is dubbed. I love the word dubbed. You guys get what that means? I think it's so cool. One of my... Ah. I got it. There's a little digression. But one of my favorite movies is A Knight's Tale. 
And I know it's, this, it's a comedy kind of slash thing that goes in, in what happens in the midst of the movie A Knight's Tale with, with an actor, which I'm really super sad that is no longer with us, Heath Ledger. He gets, he gets dubbed to be a prince or a, or a nobleman by a prince. And it was simply, it's, it's the prince's choice to dub him a prince. And as he dubs him, of course, he takes his sword and he taps him on each shoulder and declares him who he is. And I think that's so, like, I, I actually get emotional and it's a place that jerks my, you know, tear, tear ducts a little bit because it, it's so meaningful to me because it's, it's taking a commoner and making him royal. And I thought, that's, that's exactly what Jesus has done. Taking a commoner like me and dubbing me royalty. He's done that. And I think that's so, oh, it's just alive to me and real. So what is dubbed, royalty is dubbed with life-bearing kingdom fruit for the king. Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 10 say this. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what he's declaring here is something that's so rich and so real, is that as royalty, you have been dubbed to be and do good things. It's not by the good things that we earn our position of royalty. We understand that, right? Ephesians just told us that. It's by royalty that we are dubbed that now we are created and we're actually designed and God has prepared them for us to actually do them and to walk in them. That's so cool because what he's saying is what is already there, you just need to walk in. What I have put on you, what I have put in you, you just remain in me and walk in me and my ways and the good works will come out of you. It's a life-bearing kingdom fruit. So that's what one of the evidences or if you will, the, uh, the identification of being royal is you do good works. Hello? And we're about it and we're about doing good works, not just talking about it. We don't make, one of the things that makes our church a little unique is if I could say this in a, in a very respectful way, is we don't spend a lot of time developing and establishing committees to get stuff done. Committees, I think, actually bog the system down to do what we need to do. We just, if you want to do something, say, okay, here's something to do. Go do it. And if you want to do something that we're not doing, you see that we're not doing, well, then get it going. Have at it. We, we free you to actually do the good works because I believe that God's designed and created, as the Bible says, each and every one of us to do something amazing and glorious for his kingdom. Hello? And I know we're all, uh, uh, so many of us are trying to figure that out, right? Hello? I mean, uh, we, yeah, yeah. And I just got an amen. How old are you, brother? 81, and he's still trying to figure it out. And I'm, no, I'm not, that's not a, that's not a, uh, 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean to make fun of them. I meant to, there's a reality that we need to really just like, yeah, we're still all trying to figure this out. And sometimes we, you know, we, we might come to this place that we're actually doing all this stuff and doing the good works and not even, and, and until we realize like, hey, I've been doing it all along. I've been doing this stuff. You know, why am I trying to do something that's out there when I'm going to be doing it what's right here? And see, that's why I believe that God is designed because the Bible tells us and prepared good works for each and every one of us individually as body parts to function as a body. Hello? It's so awesome. I, and I know this, and I know this because we're humans, and I know this because we're, we're just, we're kind of, we're kind of broken. And we talked about family being family, and it's like, a lot of us like, yeah, I love that. But how many of you like, okay, yeah, no, 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 I, I'm being real for a second. Because, yeah, my family, and I love my family now, and it's beautiful, and I, I thank God for it. It's all of God, but I come from an extremely dysfunctional, broken family. Family wasn't a good thing before my family of Christ. Family wasn't pleasant. It wasn't delightful. I tried to avoid it as much as possible before... I found you all, or you found me, I don't know. It's... So when we talk about family, we have to redefine that sometimes because we have family issues. I don't know where I was going with all that, but let's move on. Good works, we're created to do good works, amen? Evidence of royalty. I like this, royalty is dubbed with a never-ending increase in the knowledge of God. Royalty is dubbed with a never-ending increase in the knowledge of God. In other words, we're always growing. I gotta read this because it's just so powerful. It's Isaiah uh, 55, and I'm gonna go to, uh, sorry guys, Isaiah 55. <laughs> I almost said it. You guys know what I almost said, huh? One of my favorites. Okay, listen to this. And I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's only 13 verses. It'll only take a minute or two. Uh, it's fantastic. Just listen to this because this is it. This is an, this to me is, um, I wrote a little note about it. Speaks to a humble desire for more of God who is far more than we can ever put our finger on. I'll reread that. Isaiah 55 speaks to a humble desire within us that burns... For more of God, who is far more than we can ever put our finger on. So listen to this. He said, come, <laughs> everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money on that which is not bread, and your labor for that which just does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ears and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. 
Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And our God, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. <laughs> Hallelujah. For my thoughts, this is great. For my thoughts, this is God speaking, are not your thoughts. And neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but what water the earth, and making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up cypress, instead of briar shall come up myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen. And with that entire passage, I need to say this and, and really just break it down in this way. To anyone who thinks that you have ever come to a full understanding of God and his ways, you have made God, diminished God and made him like you and have created God in your image as opposed to you being created in his image. And even furthermore, you have forgotten, you have forgotten God altogether. Let me read a passage that's also saying the same thing. This is David who wrote it in Psalm, Psalm 50, Psalm 50, verses 21 and 22, 21 through 23, listen to this. Listen how it describes it. Says these things, these things you have done, and I, and I have been silent. This is God speaking, and you thought that I was, and because of my silence, listen to what He says. You thought that I was one like yourself. You thought that I was one like yourself because you didn't do any. I didn't do anything immediately, but now I will rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this, then, you who forget God. See how he's, he's tying this together. Say, when we create God in our image and think that God is like us and responds like us, we actually are forgetting God altogether and we're making God to be like me. And that is such a dangerous thing to do. We don't want to go there. And see, royalty doesn't do that. In fact, he says this. He says, mark this in you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be, and there be none to deliver you. For the, but this is great. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. 
to one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. Amen? So what's that meaning as we look at that? Is, is uh, Royalty is dubbed with a never-ending increase in the knowledge of God. We're always, in other words, how do I say it just very plainly, as plainly as possible. There's always more to learn of God. God is always Always, we're never going to discover all of God. We're going to always, even, and this is all, here's the great news. I want to, this is super encouraging. Even in eternity, it will be endless. How's that even possible? We can't wrap our brains around it because it's impossible. We are finite beings. We have a beginning and an end. God is infinite. No beginning, no end. How, you can't wrap your brain around that. Our, our brains just don't go there. Not possible. But our spirit does. And our spirit does in such a, a mighty way to where we're compelled to go after more of God. I can't get enough. I can't get enough. I mean, it's something we're doing with the boys. I love to do it. We, we, uh, we listen to a chapter of, day of the Bible every morning on our way to school. Right now we're in Exodus. And as I've read it... it dozens if not more than that times the bible itself i'm listening to it and i'm listening to it and i'm what i'm doing is i'm actually listening to it through their ears if that if that makes sense because these are the, a lot of they haven't heard it at all this part these well the bible a lot of it and i'm hearing it so fresh and new like like i'm hearing it for the first time i'm going there in my spirit and it's really really a joy I mean, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm driving, and, and Car, of course, Carson's in the back seat, and so he doesn't see it, and Hunter's there, and, we're, and tears and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, this is awesome what God is saying. This is awesome. And I'm like, oh, I'm just, oh, I, I, I got to preach a message on that. That's a good one. And I, and I just go and go and go, and, and, and we get done with it, and they're just like, wow, that's, that's just insanity. That stuff is crazy. I mean, God was doing some crazy stuff back in the days. I think he still does. But I, what I'm saying with that is there's this never-ending urge and desire to get more of God. Hello? Come on. Amen. Amen, brother. I believe it. Yeah, that was good. That's good encouragement. I agree. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to move, 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 move. Because I got this two more points and I got to get to them, get through them. Because next week we're going to talk about Emmanuel, which I'm super stoked. God with us. Royalty is dubbed with steadfast, which means resilient, stick to itness, if that's even a word. In other words, we don't give up. Steadfast, joyful patience. <laughs> Royalty is dubbed with steadfast, joyful patience. Where's it at? It's in there. It's in there. It's in all of us. Patience is this, is evidence of inner strength, which only comes from being in Christ. Patience is evidence of an inner strength. God-centered patience demands strength from the inside. It actually comes from the inside, not easy circumstances on the outside. Hello? How many of us, when we get impatient, whether we're driving, whether we're waiting for something or something, and I know that's the, the kind of the smallest things to deal with, like, you know, 
waiting for your wife to get ready finally to, to leave. It's like, you're really, that's not really patience. I mean, th- that's so simple. Or how about waiting at a light or waiting for somebody to... Have you ever found yourself getting really impatient? It's an indicator that something's a little bit askew. Off, that is. Whenever I you know, get behind somebody that has to stop and wait three seconds at a stop sign, and I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> what are these law-abiding citizens doing? Do you do that? Getting in my way. No, 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 no. I, I, I check myself, and then I, before I wreck myself. Yes. Yeah. What's that? Yes, I know. So, so you, you, yeah, you, you guys, you guys, <clears throat> there you go. Amen. Playing Christmas music all now. You, you guys know my, my thoughts and views and the whole, I could do sermon upon sermon upon sermon about uh, driving. <clears throat> So I'm not going to. But, but here's what it is. is it, it doesn't depend on easy circumstances on the outside. That's not patience where everybody, everything goes your way. See, here's the thing. To endure patiently means that when life hurts, and it will, you will not be uprooted. When life hurts and brings pain, you will, not, you will be shaken but not taken out. Because here's the absolute truth that we need to hold on to. Our king, the king of kings, is sovereign. But that sovereignty over us and over the world does not exempt us from pain. It actually gives us a peace. Yes, sir. Yeah. Sovereign, if a a simple definition is God is in control. God is in control. God is, is in charge, if you will. Um, it's probably even, huh? Well, that's where he's, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's another definition. But yeah, to, to be in charge and to be, he must know all. But yes, sovereign is where he is in charge. And because he's in charge, he's in control. But in that sovereignty, do you know what the sovereignty of man is? It, it's a thing. It's a biblical thing, too. You know what it is? Come on, guys. Let's go with this. Let's talk about it for a second. Huh? No, you actually are. If God's sovereignty is that he is in charge, guess what the sovereignty of man is? Free will. Hello? It's free will, which that's how awesomely good and sovereign God is. He has the sovereign ability to give each and every one of you free will to choose him. To say yes to Jesus. Because at one day, what's going to happen? Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and King. We choose it now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you. So he is sovereign. Our King is sovereign. But that sovereignty over us doesn't exempt us from pain. See, living worthy of the king calls for endurance because life will not go as we plan it. Oh, have you figured that one out? It will not go as we plan it. But here's the good news. 
as a sovereign good king, it will always unfold as the king has ordained it. So we can be patient, even with joy. Hallelujah. Come on, brothers and sisters. We can be patient. We can get through this. Yeah, the whole thing sucks. The world is going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in a handbasket. We know this. All the sayings that they say are true. But we have a good king that's sovereign and he's in charge. And so we can, we can stick with it. That's what, you know, the, the clearest definition of patience is simply persistence. We stay with him. We stick with him. We hold on. We don't let go. And when life doesn't work out in it as we think it should, we hold on even tighter. We hold on even tighter. Because the night, yes, is upon us. But Jesus is holding us. And that is such good news. There's so much encouragement in that, that I could get through anything. I could say, yeah, go ahead, whatever. Because Jesus is with me, right? That's Emmanuel next week. <laughs> one last thing, one last point. Royalty is dubbed with an overwhelming heart of gratitude. An overwhelming heart of gratitude. Um, there's a young, a young man that I know working, working a job over the summer because he had a, a trip planned. And this young man was all of a sudden earning a bunch of money. And, uh, and this young man said, wow, look what I'm doing. Look what I've done. Starting to get a little puffy about himself. So I had to sit this young man down and say, hey, I need you to realize something that's very true. I said, have, were you able to, would you have been able to earn a single dollar on your own? And he stopped and he thought for a second. He said, actually, no. So because... That young man was somebody that I was able to get to jobs. I was able to hook him up with little jobs to where he could do, to where he could earn this money so he could go on a nice little trip. He said, now let me ask you one more question. Is there a di difference between saying thank you and being grateful? He said, absolutely yes. He said, I could say thank you without even meaning it, but gratefulness comes from an, an overwhelming gratitude in my heart because I know that I can't do it on my own, and I need help. And that's, what it, that's where it comes, brings us to this place of royalty is dubbed with gratefulness, an overwhelming heart of gratefulness. Because you see, it is Jesus who has qualified you as royalty. You have not qualified yourself. You're not worthy on your own. None of us are. It is Jesus that has given you a share in the inheritance of heaven along with all the saints before you and after you. It is Jesus that you are able to that you are going to be able to stand with the saints and glorify God and say I am a part of the family of God. It's in Jesus, not in anything that we do. That that 
who is, who it's in Jesus who has delivered you from the shackles of Satan and the bondage of sin. Hello? Come on, I need a hearty amen on that one. It is in Jesus that we are delivered from the shackles of Satan and the bondage of sin. Programs are great. All that stuff and your choices are awesome that you make that are good. But it's only in Jesus that we are delivered. You can't get right on your own. You can't get free from your sin on your own. You ever tried it? Yeah, three or four dozen times. Yeah. Sorry for looking right at you, brother. That was intent, in, fully intended. I mean, it is in Jesus who has transferred you, <laughs> transferred you, thank you, Jesus, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I am no longer walking around confused about where I'm going to go, what am I going to do, because I have the light of life burning inside of me. His light lights my path and ignites my way to where I can see my direction. I am no longer walking in the dark, confused, disoriented, because I am in the kingdom of light. And that's only in Jesus. It's not in my doing. I just simply have said yes to it and walked in it. Hello? Yes to it and walked in it. It is in Christ and only in Christ that we have redemption and complete forgiveness of all of our sins. <laughs> that is huge to be forgiven can I ask you one question royalty knows you're forgiven do you know you're forgiven amen you are forgiven you are forgiven from everything past present future sins and that forgiveness requires you to just simply do one thing or actually two things first admit that I need to be forgiven in other words, I need to actually confess that, yes, I have fallen short. And then to simply receive that forgiveness. Jesus even takes it a step farther. So I would say three things. He takes it a step farther. says, now you must give forgiveness the same way it's been given to you. Amen? Let me share one last thing, and I'm going to read a verse. Because I think this is, this is cool. You know, I, I'm, I'm a dad, four children, six grandchildren. I'm really not all that special as a dad. When I say that, I mean I'm just kind of a normal dad. I love my children immensely. As, as every father could say that they love their children. Now, I'm not saying I love them more and I'm like this special dad. But there's something that, that I have noticed from my children being very small, little, like little boomers, boomers age and size. My children have never, ever, ever been fearful. Never even doubted, have never questioned that they can barge in, walk in at any given time into my presence no matter what I'm doing and get in trouble for it. Do you hear what I'm saying? They've always had the freedom to come into the room, come into my space, whether it's an office, whether it's as a conversation, and demand my attention. You may say, well, that's kind of rude. They need to know their place. No, my children 
know their place. They know that their father, their grandfather, their papa loves them more than anything. I need us to understand that and translate that to the love of God that he has for us. See, God is looking for those moments for you to just barge in on him. To just come in and to say, God, I need you. And it doesn't matter what you think that you think that God might be too busy or he might not be, have time for you. Know that God has dubbed you royalty. You are a prince, a princess, and you can at any given time barge into the throne room of God. The throne room of God, the creator of all things, looks and longs for these these little special moments that you just barge into his room. Say, God, can you help me here? God, I got a situation. I need you right now. And he won't be upset. He won't turn you away. He'll never look down on you. He'll say, yes, boom. And he'll reach down, get down right where you're at. Say, how can I help you? Because that's a good God. Amen. So I'm going to finish up with this passage because it, it says that very thing. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16 says, So then, if I could say all of that and then say this, So then, since we have a great high priest. And see, the great high priest and royalty are similar. The great, we have a great high priest who has entered heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne room of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just are so grateful for you this morning. We are beyond words, really. Even though there's been a lot of words spoken, the words really don't measure up to what you, Holy Spirit, are speaking to us and how you are in just igniting us to be alive in you and to understand our royal position and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've given us your word that comes to life. And your spirit that ignites within us. We thank you, Jesus. That you have prepared a way for us at any given moment to stand before a great and awesome God. Because you have dubbed us royalty. You have said yes. You have said yes. And we have agreed to say yes back. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.